We talk a lot on the podcast about how to increase your revenue, but today we're going to talk about keeping more of the revenue you already have through better money management for realtors. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with money management expert for realtors, Quinn Driscoll. But before we get to Quinn, I wanted to say that we are now uh, experiencing a lovely boon in our numbers because we've started doing the short form video clips to reach more audience and give more content to you guys on a daily basis or a weekday basis. I don't do it on the weekends. So if you're not currently following us on social media and we are literally on all the major channels, uh, not Friendster, not MySpace. Okay, that's an old bad joke, but on all the more current ones, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, Facebook, of course, and Twitter. So if you are not following us on there, and there really never was a good reason to follow us before, unless you just wanted to get announcements about our episodes, well, we said we need to give you more. So we now produce Monday through Friday, um, short form video clips from our episodes, kind of like the best of from these episodes, these short form clips. And this way you guys can get a little daily dose of something that our our uh, audience has, or sorry, our, something that our guests have said that we think is really super important. And we love that you listen to the entire episodes too, but if you just want these short form clips, please find us on social media. We have different handles for all the different social media accounts. So just Google or, or sorry, go into whatever social platform you use, search for Keeping It Real podcast, and you'll see our logo and hit that subscribe button. So just wanted to let you guys know if you're not currently subscribed to that, we it's a big deal for us. We love it. We're getting thousands of additional views and listens now to our podcast just from these short form clips. So please follow us. We would appreciate it. All right, guys, enough from me. Way too long to listen to me. Let's get to the main event, my conversation with Quinn Driscoll. (music) 
Okay, today on the show, we have money management coach Quinn Driscoll with Value Gal. Also, you can learn more about her at thevaluegal.com. But let me tell you more about Quinn. Uh, Quinn Driscoll is a CPA and ABV. Uh, She's a money management coach for real estate agents and brokers. As the founder of uh, Value Gal, she teaches successful business owners how to follow a money management system so that they can stop feeling confused, anxious, or worse, broke. Prior to working with Value Gal or, or creating Value Gal, Quinn spent more than a decade as a sought-after financial expert witness who worked uh, in the high-stakes world of litigation consulting. She is a frequent speaker and guest expert on financial topics, including building a valuable business, money mindset, and goal setting for business owners. She is a superstar in the financial services world, and we are so excited to have her on the show. Please follow her again. Uh, go to her website, thevaluegal.com, and also find her on Instagram at valuegalquinn, Q-U-I-N-N, valuegalquinn. Quinn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. I am I am just happy to talk to somebody with a lovely Minnesota accent. Uh, so you are from the Twin Cities, and it, it it's a very mild, but it's a lovely accent. I've always been a fan of of that the little uh, affect that people in that area have. Are you originally from the area? I am originally from North Dakota, so you can oh, even that's hear what it, I'm hearing. Okay. Even hear it more with the long O's. Yes. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's one of the. Um, now I'm going to sound like I'm bragging. I'm not bragging because um, I had a job that took me all over the country. Um, wasn't like I planned out. But North Dakota is one of the f- six states I haven't yet been to. So one of these days I'll uh, I'll make it over there. But Minneapolis and the Twin Cities is awesome. And um, uh, you guys, one of the great great bands. Actually, they're a New York band, but they sing a lot about the um, about Minneapolis. Is the Hold Steady. So anyone out there who wants to find a good rock and roll band, the Hold Steady. They've been around forever. They sing a lot about Minneapolis. And Husk Husker Du, I think, is also from. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, let's get to the main thing here. Let's talk about. I could talk about music all day and bore our audience, uh, but I don't want them to leave. So I want to now. I, my background. I actually was a financial advisor, not a CPA, and certainly not. Um, uh, it, it not not having the credentials that you had, and this was a million years ago in a former life. But I find that we have here at our company, we've got almost 800 agents. And not only that, but I, I work with a lot of other agents at, in, at other firms because I volunteer with our local uh, realtor association. And so I, I hear a lot about money management. And it seems to be one of the big challenges of realtors because, of course, those you know commissions kind of roll in when they roll in and sometimes we need to sort of smooth out that roller coaster ride so i am this is the first time in almost 500 episodes i think that we've ever had a financial services person on so i am super excited about any tips and tricks that you can help our audience to better again smooth out those bumps in the commission uh, payout world but before we get to that how'd you get into um you know dealing with with money and uh being a financial services person yeah so my story like many the story of many realtors is of an accidental entrepreneur so i always pictured myself safe and snug in a little cubicle never thought from uh, in a million years that i would be a corporate dropout with my own business but <laughs> Um, I worked for 10 years in a very deadline-driven, high-stress and perfection-demanding job. 
Um, so I did get the opportunity in that job to work with hundreds of small businesses and see behind the scenes of their financials. So that was such, you know, an interesting and weird and great experience. Um, I was a CPA, worked, um, as you mentioned earlier, as a business valuation advisor in the litigation space. So working as an expert witness, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And one day it was like, you know, you look around and it was like, this is not another 30 years for me. Um, so I realized that I had so much small business knowledge and experience that I wasn't able to share in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, I live, like we mentioned, in the Twin Cities, which is very much a big corporate town, a lot of big employers here, and literally didn't know anyone who was um, a CPA, mother of two small children, who was running a, you know, basically an online business. So it was a super scary leap to decide to go out on my own and very unnatural to be taking a risk. So CPAs not known for our um, big dreams and like just going for it. So, um, but you know what? I had to do it. So I just had to, um, I had to figure out a way that I could help the smallest small businesses that really don't get a lot of attention from, um, you know, they're priced out by CPA firms and they just don't have the, the attention of kind of the pro financial professionals world. Um, but I also, you know, I knew that I could not have started my business if I had spent every dollar that I made along the way. So the money management piece of it is just so, you know, close to my heart from, you know, my professional background standpoint, but also personally just knowing like it is really scary to own your own business. And to the extent that I can help real estate agents and brokers get a handle on those money management issues, it is um, just such a good match for what I want to do. Here's how I know that the money management piece of being a realtor is difficult. I and my uh, my boss, my business partner, created a commission advance business simply to give people their commissions ahead of closing. And the only reason we need to even even the, the, the only reason this business even exists is because of the challenges that realtors face. And don't let not that we're doing anything wrong. We love our commission advance business. We're grateful to be able to provide that service. But basically, you know, we're charging people ten percent to give them a loan on their money, uh, which is going to close, you know, in twenty days or whatever whatever it is. And um, that's just how commission advance businesses work. But that wouldn't be necessary if people maybe had some better spending habits or saving habits. And the challenge, of course, as a realtor is that is is one of the least sort of impressed upon skills when somebody becomes a successful or even just a new realtor. You know, they're, they're not, they're just trying to survive. They're trying to, you know, eat, eat what they kill. They're trying to pay their bills, save for taxes. Um, it, it's, and again, you were saying the smallest business is a realtor is about as small a business if you're an individual practitioner as possible. So what are some of the first things that anyone who is listening, who is a realtor, who's not on a salary, which is unless you work at a company, maybe like Redfin or, or, or some of those have salaried realtors, but everyone else is all on their own. What are some suggestions that 
our audience can start taking advantage of to better, you know, handle their money. Yes. So one thing that I have noticed with real estate agents um, is that the people who are successful on the sales side are way ahead of anybody else because you have learned how to follow a system. So you know that if a system works, if your lead gen system works, that you are going to get sales. So it's the same concept for the expenses side. It's you, if you know what steps you should be taking, you know that you can implement those, right? So you're a hard worker, you're a go-getter, you know that if you have the steps and you have you know, the support and you know what to do, you can get it done. So the really interesting thing I think that just needs to be talked about a little bit is that with real estate agents, you have no problem talking about, you know, here is my sales volume for the year. Here is my gross commission income for the year. Everybody's sharing that with each other. You know, it's competitive. It's kind of fun to see who can be a top producer. Um, but then it's like the conversation just stops there. And not only does nobody talk about what it costs to run that business, but nobody talks about, um, just nobody talks about the fact that you have to spend a lot of money to make a lot of money. Um, so kind of just having that in your mind and being aware of the fact that, you know, there is a way to get a handle on your expenses. And just because nobody's talking about it doesn't mean that it's not really important. So the first, very first step is once you have those commissions coming in, um, no matter how kind of rudimentary the system is, you have got to start tracking your expenses too. And what do you recommend as far as a tool to do that? There are obviously a million different tools. Do you have one that you prefer or is it whatever system you use is fine? Just pick one. I'm curious to get your thoughts for tracking yes. expenses. Yes. So for tracking expenses, um, I always recommend, um, number one, having at least one business bank account and at least um, and only one, I should say, business credit card. So job one, um, separate your business and your personal finances and have that dedicated business account and dedicated business credit card. Um, at this you know, point in 2023, pretty much any bank, any credit card is going to have online tools for you. So whether it is allocation enabling where you can, you know, go through your credit card statement and say, here's the category for all these things. That's a great thing to do if that's how you like to do it. Um, just even downloading at the end of the month to Excel. Um, the transaction data and going through and doing that yourself is a great way to do it too. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's just starting with anything is really the best way to do it when it comes to tracking your expenses. And expenses, you know, I'm going to, let's back up even prior to that because I, I, yes, we do want to track expenses when you need a system and you want separate accounts. So separate bank account, separate credit card, um, and you're going to make those purchases, but not everybody even understands 
Um, well, I'm going to get off of expenses just for a moment because I realized I had a, a really um, important question. And this, um, I'm curious if you can speak to this. When should someone decide uh, to either become an S corporation or continue on, or, or maybe an LLC, or continue on as an independent contractor? So when when we when we become realtors, we we join a brokerage. Almost certainly, we're an independent contractor by default, and we're going to get 1099s at the end of the year based on all the commission we've earned. Uh, at what point does it make sense to possibly create your own corporation um, and then be an employee of your own corporation? Um, for example, I have an S corporation. I'm not a practicing realtor, but I'm kind of paid the same way. So imagine that I'm basically a realtor. So I have an S corporation. I am a uh, the sole employee of my company. Um can you speak to to why agents may want to consider that as an option as well? Yeah, so I can speak to that a little bit. Um, the first thing I would say is that you should have an LLC right at the beginning. Um, definitely make sure that you have um, that state filing status is usually LLC and then a federal um, employer identification number are kind of the two things. You'll need those to open your business bank account. Um, to show that you are actually a business. So definitely start with an LLC right away. And that is a, um, that's to start getting that separation from your business and your personal and start, you know, running your business as its own entity. Um, and then from there, the, you can still have an LLC that's taxed as an LLC versus an S corporation. So the time to switch um, to an S corporation is going to depend on your situation. Salary, or depend yeah. on the, the amount of income you're generating for the business. Yeah. So I don't have a you know hard and fast number. I would say that is something that you would want to talk to your tax advisor about mm -hmm. and um, definitely have a tax advisor. Yes. It, it, my, I remember when I set up the S Corp, it was suggested to me when I got to around, and this is a long time ago, but I think it was around maybe $80,000 in, in salary or in commission or whatever uh, income. Maybe it was 100000 Somewhere in that neighborhood is when it started to make sense to explore S Corporation versus you know a, another system. So again, please get yourself a tax uh, accountant, somebody that can actually answer these questions because we're talking about massive tax, tax savings. And if, for those of you that aren't familiar with S Corporation, one of the cool things is if it's, if it's your company and you're an employee of it, you actually technically have access to the entire assets under, uh, under the company. Now you'll pay yourself a salary um, and you can pay yourself uh, what I think the IRS says is a fair and reasonable salary, which you can get calculated through your uh, tax advisor. But I am telling you, this is probably the biggest missed opportunity that many successful realtors have not explored is creating some sort of, whether it's S corporation or LLC, whatever, um, and, and understanding why you want to be an employee of your own company um, and and when not and and why there's uh, you know it's kind of like when you buy a home and all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh the tax benefits from the mortgage interest are really great um, and you didn't really understand that before this is the same sort of deal uh, you can reduce your tax liability to to for, for personal income when you have an S corporation to very very low um, so anyway we we can move off of that but please everybody 
get yourself a CPA. And if you don't have one, reach out to Quinn. Um, she is she is the best. So let's jump forward to commissions because this is what our audience cares about. This is how they get paid. This is how they eat lunch. So a commission comes in. Now what? How do we start? Like how much of that should I put aside for taxes? How should I do that? What What are some strategies just to make it as automated as possible so I don't spend it all? Yes. So the first thing that you want to think about is, you know, your commission checks are not the same as your paychecks. So start with that mindset of exactly like you're saying, as soon as it comes in, if you have, you know, if it's already spent or if you're thinking, okay, I know exactly where this whole thing is going. um, You need to stop right there because that's what's going to keep you on that roller coaster. So you you uh, really want to start with a system, a percentage-based system to allocate each and every one of those commission checks that's coming in. So um, it depends on the size of your business revenue-wise, but for the um, smallest businesses, if you're under 250,000 in revenue, um, what I suggest starting with is about 15% for tax savings and target 30% for um, for your business expenses and 50% to pay yourself. So if you think through that every commission check that comes in, 50% is what's available to you to pay yourself, that is um, a good place to start. I, I think the mindset is so important. It's a depressing, a little bit of a depressing mindset as I see a commission and I divide it in half and go, okay, that's really what I get to to spend. Um, so I understand the inclination to look at the entirety of it. But I think when you have these kind of systems in place and you just automatically, like you were saying, allocate to you know retirement, to taxes, um, you then start to look at your commissions differently. And, and you're right, it's not a paycheck. It's a, it's, it's a sum of money, some of which you can use as a paycheck. Right, and, and that mindset is really important to set you up, like we said, to be off the roller coaster. So let's say that you've decided you are gonna, um, you want $5,000 a month to go to you for your living expenses, just as an example. So that means if you have a $10,000 month, great, 5,000 going to you, perfect. If you have a $20,000 month, then 5,000 is going to you and 5,000 gets to kind of, you know, hang around until you actually need it, maybe the next month when you don't get 20,000. So it's the, the mindset of what is available to me for my personal paychecks is different from um, what I'm actually going to take out every single time. So I should say there's a kind of a, um, a distinction there of the paycheck is, or the commission check is deposited, 50% is available to you, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the amount that you take out. You're going to have a regular amount that um, is consistent coming to you. I want to go back to expenses for just a moment, and I will want to tell you about something that really transformed my life as a, I'm a creative person mostly, which means I'm not particularly strong at the financial side of business. Um, I'm good at creating ideas and, you know, being goofy and that, you know, doing podcasts and things like that. But what I'm not good at is managing money. Um, So what I did is I 
I never in my life had actually had a budget. And it sounds so simple for people that have budgets. Like, how can you run a business without a budget? Well, I didn't. And how do you run your personal life without a budget? Well, I never did. So I, uh, three years ago, I started using You Need a Budget, which is a, an app online. It's a web app. It's like maybe it's like 100 bucks a, a year or something like that. I am telling you, it completely, I was able with three minutes a day now, I spent th- not even three minutes, maybe two minutes a day, I'm able to reconcile all of my expenses. I'm able to see where I'm spending my money. All of my accounts get pulled into one location, um, one website, everything gets gets dropped there. And I can literally account for almost every single dollar that comes in or goes out. It sounds like a lot of work. Once you get the hang of it, even for somebody like me who's not numbers-minded at all, it's actually really, really easy to figure out. And it helps you really track the ins and outs. Um, so I'm curious if uh, if you have any thoughts on budgeting. Yes. So I am curious about what made you kind of take the leap to become a budget person because a lot of people, they just have a negative connotation of budget. Like it's (laughs) depriving. You know what I mean? So if you were, are willing to share. Uh, well, I just, I, I, I knew that I was, so here was, here was my, um, the, the impetus for me doing it. I suspect a lot of our listeners can, can relate to this. I was like, I bet I'm spending too much money in certain areas of my life that aren't necessarily obvious. Like, yeah. Okay. If we go to Starbucks every day and we spend $10 or whatever, then you, you that's pretty obvious, but there are like little things like subscription fees that I wasn't realizing how many of those I have. Um, I was, how much am I spending on restaurants and dining out and entertainment? How much am I actually, like, I just wanted to know what percentage of my expenditures are for the things that I think are healthy and reasonable. And when, you know, when everything is two taps away on your phone and it's not, you're not physically handing over cash and receiving cash back, everything's digital, it's invisible, it doesn't feel like anything. And I knew that it's so much easier to, you know, get Amazon boxes delivered every day and not think about the total amount I'm actually spending, right? So it was, for me, it was because I'm, it's so easy to buy things I wanted to make it a just have like a little checks and balances because I know I'm not going to stop buying things, but I wanted to know how do I at least keep it in the front of my mind of how much am I actually spending? Yes. So one thing that I find really helps a lot of business owners on both the business and personal side is before you start thinking about um, making a budget, and that seems like scary and a lot of work is to look back at what you have actually spent as a starting point. So a lot of times I will get into, you know, working with a client and we'll pull up their QuickBooks financials and I'll be like, okay, so we have general business expenses here, $30,000 last year. Like, let's talk about what that is. And I give everybody a mini heart attack with this question because they're like $30,000, like, I don't know. But then when we get into it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that that was this. And that was, you know, all yeah, these things, I guess that does add up to 30,000. So that makes sense. So it's the the kind of the process of the information gathering and the getting through the shock of what the actual numbers are and then realizing like, okay, yeah, it actually, this does make sense and this is necessary. And so now I can feel good about that number in my budget because I know that it's real and it's, I've done it before, it's doable or the other way around, like, ooh, I can't believe I spent that much money and didn't get anything out of it. 
So I'm, you know, then it's easy to be like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, it's really, once you start kind of getting the information and getting past the, I don't want to look at it. Like, I don't want to log on to my bank account or I don't want to log on to my QuickBooks cause I'm, I'm worried about what I'm going to find. Yeah. Um, that's the hardest part, I think. It, it, it is, it is the hardest part and it is uncomfortable, but that discomfort quickly changes to comfort because what it allow, what it does is it, it, it creates this feeling of responsibility and power. So initially, yes, I, I totally am with you that it's scary. It's sort of like, oh my God, I don't want to like, it's like looking at, looking at yourself naked in the mirror and seeing all the imperfections. You're like, I don't really want to do that. But once you start going, okay, now I'm going to start targeting these areas of my expenses. There are so many realtors who work incredibly hard and build up amazing businesses, treat their clients well, really go above and beyond. And then because of their inefficient ways or ineffective ways of managing their money are broke. And this is, or, or even worse, I'll hear somebody at an event, a realtor event say, I need to put a new addition on my house, meaning I need to go sell it. And they'll say, I need to sell another home to do that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm again, I understand that. I mean, we, we, we can think like that. That's fine. But instead of thinking transactionally, let's come up with a process to where you can have more regular income prediction, right? So that you're a more predictable stream so that you're not worried about, okay, I got to come up with another 10 grand to pay my taxes this quarter, right? And which is, which is, which happens. So the, the good news for all of you out there listening who are like, I'm not good at managing money. You can hire people to help you do this. They're ridiculously, um, uh, inexpensive in my experience. They're they're super helpful and they will protect you from going broke. If nothing else, you should have a fear of going broke. I don't mean you should be terrified, but you should have a healthy fear of losing all of your money because the reality of it is realtors have to do everything. They have to wear every single hat that a business owner has to wear and you know, the skill sets that make you a great realtor might not be the same skill sets to be a great financial planner. So, which is why, you know, people like Quinn are so important to our industry. Um, Quinn, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen realtors make with respect to poor sort of money management? Yeah. So I think the the first thing and the number one thing is spending the commission check before it even hits the bank. Um, you know, you know what you're going to spend it on. And so really starting out right away with that allocation system. And I like how you use the word target because that is a great way to think about it. Like, hey, you might not be hitting your targets for expenses or, you know, anything in your business, but that's okay. It's just a it's just a checkpoint, right? It's yeah. I'm going to check in with this and figure out am I on target and am I not on target and what do I need to do to fix that? So I think the um you know just having kind of a regular check in on what is happening with your money is huge. Um so many clients who I work with um are kind of blown away when we start working um with a commission pipeline. So that's kind of a fancy way to say what deals are closing in the next two months and how much are you expecting to get from that? 
let's let's put it on a literal calendar so you can see when money is coming into your business and just doing that and updating it on a weekly basis is like it's so helpful to give you that clarity of like oh if this is my revenue goal for this quarter and i have this much coming in i'm actually yeah i'm gonna hit that goal or like no i'm not and i don't have anything else cooking so you know, this is probably not the best time to be blowing up with a huge client event or something like that, you know? So yep. it's it's having the, the check-ins on a weekly basis, I recommend with your commissions and your expenses to just start, um, start having that flow of information where you know where you stand. Yeah, it, this it's the idea of like, it's like stepping on a scale. None of us want to do it, but if we make a habit of it, we can start to notice trends, right? We don't need to know um, every moment of the day what our financial uh, you know, bottom line is, but we need to know where it's headed, right? So we need to know, are we heading in the right direction? Are we on top of it? Are we aware? Are we paying our bills? Um, just working to sort of you know, outpace expenses, you know, is, 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 is this sort of cycle that realtors get into, right? It's like, I've got expenses, sell a home, got, you know, and it, it, it kind of cycles through and it can be very stressful. And what, what we, what we're really talking about is minimizing anxiety. What we, what we really want to do is your job is hard enough as a realtor. It's already anxiety ridden and um, difficult and Let's make the financial part of it the end goal, the actual where you, when you're celebrating in the end zone with a touchdown, let's make that the easiest part of the transaction, meaning let's not worry about overspending. You work so hard for this. Let's set up systems to automatically uh, delineate those, those uh, assets as they come in to separate accounts. Let's save some for retirement. Let's save some for taxes. Let's put some back into the business. Let's pay our bills. But also, let's evaluate our expenditures. Um, Quinn says uh, weekly. I would even say look at your expenses daily, which, by the way, you can get down to about one minute if you use, um, you know, like Mint.com or or You Need a Budget is the one I use. But a lot of these these web apps are so helpful because they can literally pull all the data from the various accounts, put it in one dashboard for you, and you can just kind of do a check-in. And by the way, I found a um, even just I mean it sounds so silly to say this, but like I found somebody charged me three hundred dollars for something um, that I didn't recognize last month, and I was like, oh, and I got the money back because it was a, it was actually a mistake. So I, if I wasn't paying attention to that, I would have just paid it. Right. And let me tell you from personal experience, if you have children who are on the iPad, who are buying sneaky apps, um, you got to get a handle on that before it gets out of hand. And they've bought like all the, you know, Roblox characters or whatever it is. So check the statements. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kids and the, the microtransactions, we need to evaluate this. Again, guys, what we're trying to help you do is really take the hardest part of the business, the financial management part, the business part of it out so that you can be uh, as, you know, focus on what, what you do best, which is getting in front of clients, helping clients buy and sell homes. So Quinn is, um, this is what she does. So talk about how do you help realtors um, better sort of plan for the future? 
Yes. Yeah, so I teach a five-part system. Um, it's the acronym is CLEAR. So C-L-E-A-R, commissions, lifestyle, expenses, allocation, and return. Those are the five areas that we are looking at um, to figure out is everything you know, at the level that it needs to be so that things are working together. So the C commissions piece, you know, that's obviously the money coming into your business. If you're, if you have a successful real estate agency, you have your legion, you have your sales, you have your money coming into the business. That's great because um, the other pieces are the parts that you can honestly control yourself. The commissions piece is the piece that's most out of your control. So once you got that piece down, then the rest of it is actually a lot easier to deal with. So the L is for lifestyle. So we talk about, you know, how are you spending your time, your money and your energy in your life, not just in your business, but with your family, with your health, with your community involvement, all of those types of things um, to understand, you know, are you doing the things that you want to be doing and how is your money helping you with that? Um, the next piece is expenses, as we've talked about. So looking at what you are spending your money on, both in your business and we can look at your personal too, if that is um, something that's helpful to you. Uh, but to get into those details and I am there to, you know, not shame you or tell you that you're doing everything wrong. I think a lot of people get worried about that. Like, oh, this is, it's so bad. I just don't even want anybody to know. But um, you know what? I've seen it all. Don't worry about it. We're going to get in there and we're going to look at what you're spending your money on. And are those things that make sense? Are those things that you need to be running your business the best way you can? Um, allocations. We have already talked about a little bit, having those targeted percentages is really helpful so that every dollar that comes in, you have a, you know, a mental map of where everything is going. And you know that you're always going to have what you need available in your savings and then return. So looking at the, um, the ways you're spending your time and money and what is the return that you're getting on those? So if you are running the same ads that you ran three years ago that did great for you um, and you haven't looked at it lately, like, am I actually getting any leads from these ads? Maybe that's a place where, hey, that's a big chunk of budget that can go into a different type of ads or just, you know, into a different type of lead gen strategy. So really looking holistically at what are all the things that are happening and what are the tactical steps that you need to take that I am help, happy to help you with? Like, is it, we need to be on a Zoom call and we're gonna walk through logging into the bank account and we're gonna cancel all the subscriptions that we don't use anymore, you know? So I am there to be accountability, um, coaching, advice, sounding board, you can vent, like all of the things, you know, it, it could be a little bit of a therapy session because money is a tough, tough area for a lot of people. It, money is, is really associated with lots of shame too. And, and that's, that's the big thing I want everyone to, it's again, it's the idea of getting naked and stepping on a scale. It's not an easy thing for everybody to do. And, and it's hard enough to do 
uh, using that same metaphor in, you know, by yourself in your own bathroom alone, but then to then say, here's me to the entire, uh, to someone else like yourself and say, here's all of my financial nakedness. Um, it, it can be uh, a little tough and, and people feel, you know, a s- certain ways about their past spending activity. But guys, what I will tell you is get over that. People, when you hire a CPA to help you with this, they don't care. They just want to help you. And so even if you are, if you have negative equity um, or if you have credit card debt or whatever the situation may be that you're like, oh, I wish I didn't, or I wish I was in a different position, um, get past that because what we really need to do is we, we, we want you to be able to pay your bills and, and, and plan for the future and build a successful business. So many realtors leave the industry, not because they don't have enough business because they don't manage their finances. It it's like the silent killer that nobody talks about in this industry because we are all talking about deals, 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 get more and more and more deals. And there isn't any sort of, you know, like if you go to the NFL and you're, you're a football player and you can focus exclusively on the, you know, playing on the field and lifting weights and, you know, doing all of this, the, the skill building that you need to do to be a good professional athlete, um, they have people in the background making sure that when you retire, you have a pension coming in. Well, that doesn't really exist for real estate. So you have to take control of that. Uh, unfortunately, that we haven't figured out a way to automate that for people. So uh, Quinn and and people like Quinn are available to help you figure that out because there's nothing worse than working for 30 years to realize, oh, I didn't save as much as I could have. Or even better, I didn't take advantage of as much of the deductions that I could have, right? I, my, my dad um, did his own taxes. He was a CPA, but that wasn't his profession. But he did it for like 15 years, many a long, long, long time ago. And then finally, he started going to a CPA. And turns out that he had been doing it wrong the whole time. And um, the CPA was like, I cannot believe you are not uh, – my dad was unintentional, but he was like, I can't believe you're not in jail. Um, uh, not – not because I mean, it actually, uh, the, my dad overpaid his taxes. Uh, funny enough, for uh, like fifteen years, and so the 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 IRS had to give us a big check. But basically, don't don't try to do everything yourself. Get a professional. Go to thevaluegal.com to learn all things Quinn Driscoll. Um, she is going to help you manage your finances, guys. Just hire somebody for this. Don't try to do it yourself. It's too much. You have too much, too too many other things on your plate at uh, once as a realtor. Don't put this on your plate. Hire somebody. Trust me. My um my CPA uh, shout out to Debbie the crazy tax lady. That's her her moniker, which is hilarious. Um, and she is not crazy, but that's what she calls herself. Um, and Debbie is my savior. Um, she tells me every year. Like for example. Quinn, I'll, I'll talk about this. We're going back to the beginning about like starting an S corporation. One day, Debbie called me and said, "Hey, do you have monthly meetings for your board of, board of directors?" Which, by the way, I'm the only person on the board of directors for my silly little company. Um, yes, I, I, and she says, "Well, you can expense those, and I can have uh, two parties a year, I think, as well, like a holiday party." So there's all these cool little ways where you can. Um, take advantage in a in in, in, a, in an ethical way of the IRS tax codes by maximizing your deduction uh, deductions and your expenses. But you need to go to a professional for this tax. You know, just doing it online 
maybe it would give you some of that, you know, using, but going to a highly respected um, and competent CPA and money manager will, will be able to help you figure that out. And also we need to, we need to save for retirement too. Yeah, we sure do. It was a lot. I was I was giving I was I was saying a lot there and I apologize for that. But I, I was just trying to, to say money is it's the thing we don't talk about and in this industry. Um, Quinn, what what are the first steps? So 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 we, we talked about the first steps being when the when when uh, when commission first of all uh, establish yourself as an LLC. We talked about that and talked to a CPA about why that makes sense. We talked about uh, creating an allocation strategy when commissions come in. They're automatically distributed to channels that we don't touch, retirement, taxes, et cetera, uh, expenditures. Um, and then we also talked about return on investment, right? Like how do we actually evaluate our our business expenses that are generating income for us? And somebody like you can come along and take a look at all of our books and say, okay, this is working for you and this isn't. Um, where do you see realtors struggling the most when they hire somebody like you? That is a great question. So struggling them, I think the, the struggle is at the very beginning of just getting over the I haven't done everything right and I know I haven't. And so I just feel like I'm going to be judged or yeah. I feel like, you know, there a lot of people honestly will be like, I don't want to feel like I'm getting in trouble in math class again because I'm not good with numbers, you know? So it's really those kind of deep seated emotional shame, things. shame, shame. shame. It is the shame. So um, that's tricky, but it's, it's kind of like once you, once you make the commitment, I think making the commitment is the hardest thing um, that you are going to, you're going to jump in, you're going to do it. It's going to be not perfect at the beginning. It's going to take, um, you're going to try stuff and it's not going to work. And then you're going to try something else and you're going to forget the other thing you were supposed to do. And that's okay. It's all part of the process. So, um, you know, just being okay with that as much as you can when you are like an overachiever, you know, like a lot of, um, a lot of the top producers and high performing agents are, it's hard to let those kind of vulnerabilities show a little bit. Um, so I think that's honestly the hardest piece. I've had so many top producers on our show talk about, I, I was, my, my gross commission income was 500,000 or a million dollars and I had no savings. Like people would say, yes, on paper, it looks like I am incredibly successful because of all of these transactions. And yet um, I really have nothing to show for it in the bank. And that's where this guilt or shame comes in of like, I don't really want people to peel back the curtain and see, but the only way out of that, it's funny, um, I'm pretty confident in saying the only way to expel shame is by bringing it into the light, meaning expose yourself um, to somebody who can help guide you through. So even if you feel crummy about your current financial situation, oh, and by the way, little pro tip for everyone, or, or a little... Uh, truth bomb. Everybody feels crappy about their financial situation all the time. Nobody feels like I've got enough money. I mean, maybe one-tenth of one percent of the population maybe feels that way. Um, for the rest of us, everybody wants more money. Everybody wants to save more, spend less. We all feel like I should 
do better, right? So you're total. It's totally normal to feel like I should be spending less and saving more, and I should be earning more, right? Like that's totally, totally normal. So don't worry. Find somebody like Quinn. So Quinn, the best way that our our audience can can de- work with you. And by the way. Pick a CPA that has experience dealing with realtors because they understand, Quinn, for example, understands the realtor money sort of uh, circle. She understands that process. Pick somebody who gets working with small uh, independent businesses like yourself, like like realtors. Um, But please, for everything to learn about Quinn and what she offers, go to thevaluegal.com. Also, I want you to follow her on Instagram at valuegal. Quinn will have links to the Instagram and her website in the show notes. Quinn, any last tips or advice for our audience? Um, yes. Yeah, so I think as you just um, as you just alluded to, Everybody thinks that they are the actual worst with money and that everyone else has it all figured out. That is not that is not correct. Nobody has it figured out. Um, everybody's just doing their best. So, you know, just do your best. And if you do need help with it, find somebody to help you. And my other my other thing I would say is that, you know, cut us CPAs and accounting brains a little bit of slack. We're not trying to be confusing or like, you know, just um, giving you the profit and loss statement and talking our weird language that doesn't make any sense to you. That's just, that's just what we know. So ask the questions, ask so many questions. We really want you to feel good about where you are with your money. So if you don't understand something, just ask your, ask your financial person to explain it again, a different way, you know, just keep asking until you get it because they are here to help you. Value Gal, thevaluegal.com is where you can go. We have a um, a, a uh, thing that we're going to be sending or we're going to be pro- pro- providing to our audience. Um, so I apologize. I'm jumbling it a little bit. In our show notes, you will see a link to uh, get some help from Quinn. Um, but please visit thevaluegal.com. Also follow her on Instagram as well. Uh, links to both of those in the show notes. You guys, you need to get a CPA and a money manager. Reach out to Quinn. If she can't help you, she'll know people that can. On behalf of our audience, we thank Quinn for coming on our show today and helping our audience stay in business and manage their money more effectively. Guys, this you work so hard for it. Let's keep as much of it as possible. So on behalf of the audience, thank you, Quinn, for coming on and spending an hour with us. And on behalf of Quinn and myself, thank you to our lovely, beautiful audience. We had almost 50 people watching at one point. During the stream here, we'll have tens of thousands more. We'll listen once this episode drops. We love all of you and so are so grateful to all of you. So for uh, we thank you for supporting our show. And the best way that you can help us grow is by telling another realtor or anyone that owns a business or anyone that is struggling managing their money um, about Quinn and also any other realtor that wants to learn how to manage their money, tell them about keeping it real. Send them over to our website, keeping it real podcast. Oh, sorry. What's our website? Keeping it real pod.com is every uh, place you can go, or you can just pull up any podcast app, search for keeping it real, hit that subscribe and like button and let us know what you think of the show. Give us a review. We appreciate it. Um, and we read all of your comments and reviews. So Quinn, thank you so, so much. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry. One last thing I want to announce. 
after five years of being on this show, and I should have done this many, many years before, but I'm finally doing it now, we have this short form clip, video clips that we post every single weekday on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, YouTube. We post these short form 60 second clips from episodes like like this one, and we post them every day so you can get a bite-sized nugget of information that'll help you run your business. So check us out on social media. Um, our link tree, which has all of our social pla- uh, all of our social channels, will be in the show notes as well. So click on that and follow us on this social network of your choosing. All right, Quinn, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Quinn. Thank you. Thank you.